Hello, Southwest family. This is Mark Compton for the Adult uh, Education, and we are in the middle of a study uh, put together by D6 that includes uh, all members and families uh, of our body, from the children to the adults. And this week we are studying uh, beginnings is the uh, section for uh, the, the quarter, September to October, uh, and this week's focus is entitled An Endless Supply from John 6, which I think we'll see is a, a more than adequate title uh, for Christ's uh, work uh, in feeding uh, the 5,000. But just for a moment, the study of D6 is really an integrated study that includes study guides for parents and for kids. Uh, it's available for adults if they want them, but we're using this podcast here for the adult ministry and it's also designed to to aid any parent uh, or grandparent who is doing the teaching this week uh, on John 6. And so hopefully this blesses you. Hopefully this helps you. Uh, but it's exciting that uh, every member of our body has the opportunity to learn uh, from through this study and from the Bible. And at this point, uh, from John 6, we've been in John the last several weeks. Uh, and it's been, it's, of course, John is a phenomenal place uh, to turn uh, for whether you're a, a new seeker looking for a way to understand what God has done and, and is doing and can do in our lives, uh, or if you're a veteran Christian looking to renew yourself. Uh, from this study in John 6, there's really three key truths for the week uh, to remind ourselves of, and the first being know that Jesus cares. The second, take our problems to Jesus, and third is to trust in Jesus' miraculous power. If you will, think of some sort of problem in our world that you think is difficult to solve. What comes to mind? Maybe you just have one or two things that come to mind, things that are difficult to solve in this world. Maybe you have many things that came to your mind. What's on your list? Maybe COVID. It, I would love to see this solved. Cancer. I just had another friend die of cancer a week and a half ago. Would love to see cancer, that problem of cancer solved in this world. Civil unrest. Maybe it's your bank balance or maybe it's your job. Maybe there's something in your family you'd like solved. Friends with a friend, a community, something in the community. So you don't like maybe you're just all just beside yourself around the past week here. Uh, in the election. Maybe you're ecstatic about what's gone on. No matter where we find ourselves, we can always think of a problem, an issue, a challenge that we'd like solved. Now, my point here today is not really to work ourselves up into full-on anxiety. I want it, I don't want you to cascade into a waterfall of emotions around problems in this world that you'd like to see solved and that you can't solve. That's not my purpose at all. I think just stop for a second. Let's slow ourselves down. Let's calm ourselves down. If you're not driving, please don't do it through driving and listening to this, but if you're if you're not driving, please just close your eyes for a second. I'd like you to breathe in and hold that for a count of four. And breathe out over a count of two 
three, four. In. And out. In. And out. Now open your eyes. More for us to slow ourselves down, to center ourselves, to calm ourselves. And then ask ourselves this question. Who can solve any problem? God can. Is there any problem too big or too permanent for God? Nope. Yet, I'll tell you, even I sometimes live my days as if God is confined. Maybe you sometimes live your days as if God is confined. I let myself spin out of control sometimes. You see, in the in the addition to the story of redemption and reconciliation of humankind to God in the Bible, the Bible is a case study in God's power. The world is created by God. Power and forgiveness and guidance all through the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God can do and does all things. And this week's text is a well-known and popular story of Christ feeding the 5,000. So we've already seen in John that Jesus was able to heal people, to quench their spiritual thirst, as in the woman at the well, to inspire entire households and towns to faith in him. And now we see in John 6 that Jesus feeds and cares for the physical needs as well. See, Christ is the great nourisher and quencher of lives, fully from the inside out, from the physical to the emotional, mental, and spiritual. Absolute completeness is found in God. And every sign that Christ performed or every great work that God performed throughout the Old Testament, but Christ in the New Testament, especially in the Gospels, was to remind humanity that he's got control. He's got this. He commands the world. He heals and feeds all of humanity. So let's hear this familiar story in John 6. You can also read in Matthew 14, verses 13 to 21, Mark 6, 30 to 49, a more extended uh, story on this. And then Luke 9, 10 to 17. John 6 is more of what I call maybe a 30,000 foot view of this. It's a, or maybe it's a fast forward view, uh, of this or version. Uh, of this story, but yet there's some interesting and personal insights uh, and interactions in here. But let's read John 6. I'm going to read John 1 through 5, John 6, 1 through 15. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation today. After this, Jesus crossed over to the far side of the Sea of Galilee, also known as the Sea of Tiberias. A huge crowd kept following him wherever he went because they saw his miraculous signs as he healed the sick. Then Jesus climbed a hill and sat down with his disciples around him. It was nearly time for the Jewish Passover celebration. Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. Turning to Philip, he asked, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? 
He was testing Philip, for he already knew what he was going to do. Philip replied, even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. Then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke of it. There's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But what good is that with this huge crowd? Tell everyone to sit down, Jesus said. So they all sat down on the grassy slopes. The men alone numbered about 5,000. Then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks to God, distributed them to the people. Afterward, he did the same with the fish, and they all ate as much as they wanted. After everyone was full, Jesus told his disciples, Now gather the leftovers so that nothing is wasted. So they picked up the pieces and filled twelve baskets with scraps left by the people who had eaten from the five barley loaves. When the people saw him do this miraculous sign, they exclaimed, Surely he is the prophet we have been expecting. When Jesus saw that they were ready to force him to be their king, he slipped away into the hills by himself. So a few notes and highlights here. In verse 2, a huge crowd is following him. And they're following him because they saw his miraculous signs and he had healed the sick. In verse 5, we get this interesting conversation between Christ and Philip. Where Christ asks Philip, hey, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? And it says in verse 6 that he was testing Philip, for he already knew where he was going, what he was going to do. And can you imagine the scene here? So you're Philip, and you see all these people, five, six, seven thousand, ten thousand people, because five thousand were the, the numbered count of the men. So I don't care what number you use, there's no food. There's not an Albertsons or a Safeway or a, a Walmart superstore anywhere nearby to start with. And to me, that's the first thing that I would think if I was Philip. But he went a different way. But he asked Philip, sort of teeing it up, saying, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? Philip doesn't even think about the impossibility of, wait a second, there's not enough food there's not a store anywhere nearby where we could go get that quantity of food. He doesn't even go there. He goes to the cost side of it. And he says, even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have had enough, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. Think about that. So the quantity of food that's necessary for this group of people would require Jesus and Philip, and Philip's counting a number of the other disciples too, to work for months in order to feed the crowd. That's a big crowd. It's a big ask. And it's a big task. So there is a big, big problem here for this group of folks. And then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, speaks up. He says, hey, boy here with five barley bread and two fish. Christ responds, perfect. Have everyone sit down. <laughs> I wish there were cameras. I wish there were more insight into the reactions because it just looks so matter of fact, like like the, everyone just responds and, and acts and moves and, and it just follows Christ right away. But you've got to imagine, because if it's us, we're going to be looking around. He says, we're going to go, all right, yeah, let's get everyone to sit down. That's a good idea. Okay, we'll take that task. 
but to me it's a good point because sometimes in life I think Christ has them working through steps and he focuses them on what's needed right now and what Christ needs them to do right now is get the people to sit down not worry about all the other things that need to be taken care of in terms of this food and the impossibility of the five loaves of bread and the two fish just have everyone sit down I think it's a great lesson for us in our lives is just take things in steps. Don't get ahead of ourselves. Don't move too far down or at the impossibility of our life situation. Just take the next step. And in this case, it was to sit down. The second step, he said they all sat down. The second step was giving thanks to God. Think about that. Sit down. And then give thanks to God. Wow. Just how many times a day, if we just keep that in the forefront of our minds, that when we come into something, when things start to get out of control, when we start thinking that things are insurmountable, that it's too impossible, and the day is getting away from you, sit down and give thanks to God. And they distribute the food after this. And to me, this is a verse worth highlighting. There's a couple in here that I'll give you. But verse, at the end of verse 11, and they all ate as much as they wanted. Say that again. And they all ate as much as they wanted. They took whatever they wanted and they kept taking whatever they wanted and they kept eating until they were all full it doesn't say here that the kids were skipped over or just some people were fed and they all ate as much as they wanted when we're in god's presence when we're in a walk with god we will eat and we will be fully filled with god not partially filled fully filled, overflowing. And that's the point, I think the big point in verse 13 of this scene is that we will be fully filled, that nothing is impossible for God, that God indeed nourishes us completely. And there is an endless supply of God to deal with and address the problems in our lives. They pick up all the pieces and they fill 12 baskets with scraps left over. 12 baskets, probably for 12 tribes. Significance to that. But perfectly 12 baskets. It wasn't 12 and a half or 13 or 11 or we're going to spread it out and make it into 12. It's just amazing to me that this miracle, that Christ perfectly fed all of the people till they were hungry no more and had enough to perfectly fill 12 baskets. That's to me, it's just the brilliance of Christ. It's the fascination I have with his miraculous powers to do things in such a way that they turn out exactly as he wants them to every single time and exactly the way things need to turn out. 
to remind us that God is in control. And when the people saw him do this miraculous sign, they exclaimed, surely he is the prophet we've been expecting. Now remember that exclamation here. I'm going to skip over Jesus walking on the water. Again, study this. If you're studying with the kids, study Jesus walking on the water and, and, and really emphasize, again, Christ's control over the elements. Christ's control over everything in this world. But I want to move to verse 22. I'm going to read verses 22 to 27. Next day, the crowd that had stayed on the far shore saw that the disciples had taken the only boat. They realized Jesus had not gone with them. Several boats from Tiberias landed near the place where the Lord had blessed the bread and the people had eaten. So when the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boats and went across to Capernaum to look for him. They found him on the other side of the lake and asked, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus replies, I tell you the truth, you want to be with me because I fed you, not because you understood the miraculous signs. But don't be so concerned about perishable things like food. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. For God the Father has given me the seal of his approval. So if you had been fed, what would you have done? You would follow Christ too. You would look for Christ. You would think, wow. I'm going to hang around this guy because he'll take care of everything. And I won't have to do anything ever again. And Christ calls them on it in the attempts to expand their thinking. He says, you want to be with me because I fed you, not because you understood the miraculous signs, not because you understood who I am or the significance of who I am, but simply because you want to be filled with food. You want someone to shop for you and feed you all the time. And then, Verse 27, highlight this, put it on a post-it note, put it into your personal planning approach, into your family's DNA. Don't be so concerned about perishable things. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. Done. Drop the mic, close the book, live it. Purpose of life solved. All done. What do we do? What did these people do, though? They forgot. See, this is awesome. Look at verse 30. They answer, show us a miraculous sign if you want us to believe in you. What can you do? They say, could you show us a miraculous sign? These are the people that are following Christ because they saw him feed a multitude of people from five loaves and two fish. And they're saying, could you do a miraculous sign? And then we'll be able to believe you. Wow. Things that humanity asks of God. Jesus is very patient. He continues to give them the most amazing teachings for life. If you read through, he talks about how I am the bread. You will never be hungry. I have come from heaven. I will do the will of God. I won't lose you. But the people begin to reject him. They begin to murmur down in verse 41 because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They say, isn't this Jesus, the son of Joseph? We know his father and mother. How can he say I came down from heaven? 
again, spinning around, missing the point, and Jesus keeps teaching, trying to help them broaden their minds and open their hearts. At the end of John 6, we see a sad, I think, but hopeful ending to the scene. Let me read verses 66 and 68 through 68. At this point, many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. See, people were unable to fully grasp what was going on, and they began to think again physically, and wait a second, this is just a man. This is just a man from Joseph. This is just a man, and we know his family. This is not a great man. I don't know how he's feeding everybody. I don't know how he's doing these different things, but I'm going to throw it all away. And they turn away and desert him, and Jesus turns to his 12 and says, Are you also going to leave? Simon Peter replies, Lord, to whom would we go? You have the words that gave eternal life. We believe, and we know you are the Holy One of God. To God is the answer to this life, this year, this month, and this week. Think about Christ's time on earth. He healed sickness. He controlled the elements. He cast out demons. He raised people from the dead. He reconciled all of humanity with the Father in his death. And Christ says to us, are you going to leave me? He asks us, are you going to leave me? And our response should be like Simon Peter's in that, Lord, to whom would we go? You have the words that give eternal life. We believe and we know you are the Holy One of God. This week I pray that you'll be able to calm yourself in the morning, to take some time to talk to God, to maybe even read the first chapter of John through verse 7, and remind yourself back to this powerful verse. Don't be so concerned about perishable things. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. John 6, 27. Mark Compton here for the D6 series in the Southwest Church of Christ Adult Ministry. Have a nourishing week in God. God bless you.